Hey everyone, welcome back to A Bite of D&D. We're the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. My name is Zach, and across the internet is my co-host, Micah. Hey, yep. And today, we're going to settle in and talk about another class. We're going to talk about the uh, Ranger Monster Slayer. Yes, the Monster Slayer. Yes. So, this is to be found in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, page 43. Just kind of picked this one at random, to some extent. It wasn't quite um, at random. We we wanted to do another class, and you're like, hey, what's like the one of the lower performing classes from Xanathar's? That's like, true. One of the and least also, popular. Right. And also, we need to do a ranger. So, of right. some sort. So. Yes. Accurate. Here we go. But yeah, so we're going to tackle the Monster Slayer, and I think there's enough uh, uh, interesting tidbits that we can have a good conversation here with this class. What... Um, how do you want to do this? How, do you want to do you want to just take it point by point, or do you just kind of want to bounce around on this one? I, let's start with what this thing is, because I, with zero evidence to back this up uh, and zero research done, I feel like part of the reason this thing is not very popular is because the name implies something that I don't feel like it fulfills. I would agree. And that is, they called it the Monster Slayer, but this is really more like a Mage Slayer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The flavor text describing it says, You have dedicated yourself to hunting down creatures of the night and wielders of grim magic. Monster <laughs> a Monster Slayer seeks out vampires, dragons, evil fae, fiends, and other magical threats. Trained in supernatural techniques to overcome such monsters, slayers are experts at unearthing and defeating mighty mystical foes. Yeah. And it's really that last line, the mighty mystical foes. As we start to get into this, all of their abilities have something to do with dealing with magic. Not necessarily monsters. There are a heck of a lot of monsters that don't have anything to do with magic. And I just feel like the... When people look at this, they expect something very different than what they're being handed. And I I don't think what they're handing you is bad. I I actually think it's got some pretty cool things. But I just feel like it, the identity that they present is not what people expect. I I think I would agree. Monster Hunter is, there's this implication there, and or Monster Slayer. And I think that's exactly why there's some confusion is... We've got this other property, Monster Hunter, that's confusing and gives you this idea of what you're going to be experiencing, and this doesn't follow through with that. I don't. I mean, like to me, when you read that flavor text, you know, there's there's a million of these magical creature slaying beings to be found within just generic lore, D and D lore, anything. It's it's Van Helsing. I mean, this is the class if you're going to build him. Arguably, flavor-wise, this is going to match well. So, to me, it's surprising that this is one of the lesser classes, subclasses to be found, because it's a very popular character trope throughout fantasy. To me, it, it, that that makes it interesting. And I think that its abilities are also interesting. It does have some ribbon stuff, but for the most part, I think everything fits in line and fits with the feel once you understand what it's actually trying to do i think that it fits within that road before fully jumping in i i think the one thing that fits monster slayer the most for me 
out of the abilities is actually going to be the spell list. Mm-hmm. For me, that is the main thing that gives it a monster slayer identity. Everything else is very much... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. the, the the level three hunter sense is also in there, but I'm not sure how you feel about that one. So with that said, maybe we should just uh, dive into uh, what these what these things do. Yeah, let's do it. So I guess maybe I'll kind of lead off here because, uh, like I was saying, I think the magic is probably their strongest aspect that fits in with the monster slayer theme, mm-hmm. and they get an expanded spell list spells that they automatically learn and know. When they reach certain milestones, at level 3, they get access to protection from evil and good, which I, with what all that encompasses in this edition, I think is a very reasonable edition, pretty solid edition, uh, plus it's yeah, pretty much all of these spells are things they would never actually normally have access to. Uh, the second one is probably the oddest out of all of them, but I definitely think it, it can still fit um, considering the evil fae and uh, the fiends, even the, the dragons to some respect for what they may be dealing with. But the Zone of Truth they get at level 5. The really cool one, and the one I think is my favorite out of this list, comes in at level 9. They get Magic Circle, which is basically mm-hmm. the ability to contain a creature or protect themselves from a creature uh, and its effects. But I think that one's... Um, really good i think that that spell more than anything else even the last spell which is more on the nose uh i think to me screams monster hunter at 13 they get banishment and at 17 they get hold monster so obviously they're very on the nose with keeping them held in place wow yeah imagine that a spell called hold monster holds a monster in place but for me, Magic Circle is what sells that spell list to me as something that fits in with what I would consider a monster slayer. Yeah, it's a very clean spell list. And I think that that's a big reason. I think, if I remember right, Wizards put out a, an Unearthed Arcana article um, before Xanathar's that had a fighter monster hunter subclass in it. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I, I, I so. actually, before I just decided that Mystics were not good for the table, not because they're not fun but because if only one person is playing a mystic they do too much but i was playing a mystic monster hunter fighter that's right that's right so so i i feel like that spells are maybe the reason that they ended up going with a ranger for this subclass instead of a fighter is because i think that the spells add something important to this class and i think that it i don't know in a world full of magic in the Forgotten Realms, it feels weird that a mage killer can't use magic. Yeah. So I, 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 I for one... Well, uh, and I would argue that the original, the fighter, I'd have to go dig this back up to compare it. In fact, maybe I'll uh, start doing that right now. But I feel like it definitely revolved more around actual monsters. It does. Uh, it does. It's not, there's none of the abilities to, well, we'll see later, but cancel or negate or offset a magic user's attacks or, or challenges against you. As I remember it, they basically had superiority dies similar to yep. um, the other... Yeah, I've got it pulled up. Uh, they got access to protection from evil and good. That was something they had as well. And detect magic as rituals. So they tried to give them a little bit of that magic side. Otherwise, it was kind of just... Here's some extra superiority die to do altered battlemaster things. Yeah. So I would say yeah. just off the cuff, 
the ranger monster hunter is definitely more interesting. I just yeah. wish there was more of a monster theme as we dig deeper into this than the uh, the mystical theme that we got. Which, sure. again, I, I don't think what they did is bad. I actually think it's quite interesting, but I wish the name reflected that a bit more. Yeah, I think so. If you're all right with it, I'll dive into a little bit on Hunter's Sense. That's their first ability. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so it's a third level ability. Hunter Sense is definitely the most, in my opinion, the most ribbon of these abilities. It's kind of a largely a throwaway. Some I've I've seen some arguments that it's that it's has its uses, but basically you can spend an action to discern immunities, resistance, and vulnerabilities, and and just the general makeup of a creature that you can see within 60 feet of you. Now, on the surface, that's very handy. The problem is that it takes a full action. Yep, that's that's the piece I was going to mention. It's You can use it a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier per day, basically, uh, per long rest, and I think that's completely reasonable. And as a bonus action, I think that this would be super handy. Yeah, I, and, I, and it's not like it's the only good bonus action they have access to. There's a few other things they get as a potential bonus action that are worth looking at as well. Yeah, I just so so as an ability, I think it's interesting. I don't think like like by the time you've spent that action, you can you can know a lot of these things just by attacking the thing, yep. or just by intuition of looking at the fire elemental and saying. Well, of course, we shouldn't be throwing fire at it. I mean, that may be, that may make sense, but uh, maybe too much sense. But there's there's certainly enough that you can you can discern half of these things before you even. When you really hit on, on what I I wanted to, um, I want to dive deeper into the fact that it takes an action to use, and the fact that experimentation is almost as good as wasting an action on it. If if you're scouting an enemy out, you're getting the drop on him. This is a great ability. You know ahead of time, during your planning step, what everyone can pull out and be ready for. But things have already broken out, especially if you don't roll first on initiative. So maybe you're somewhere in the middle. You've got a wizard and the rogue ahead of you. Right. Well, the rogue does their thing. The fighter does their thing. The barbarian does their thing. Someone goes in there, smacks this thing with their longsword, a battle axe, a, a big hammer, and oh, weird, it doesn't seem to be as effective as you would have thought. You've already found something out by that one attack. Okay, so blunt, slashing, something like that, probably not going to cut it here. That pun, 100% not intended, I apologize. Your your wizard goes next, your warlock goes next. They cast their eldritch, uh, eldritch blast, they cast their firebolt, you know, whatever else. You've now had two other people's turns to already figure some of that information out if it wasn't relatively apparent already. So now you use your action to not contribute anything that round and you start shouting out, oh, yes, that firebolt that melted half of its face off, that was very effective. You should continue doing that. There are times where that can be useful. I'm not saying it's a bad ability, but it is definitely one of those that, like you mentioned, I feel like it's definitely more of a ribbon ability. It's also a little bit meta for me here's the thing and and different tables are going to experience different different things but according to the dmg the average encounter should last three rounds so So, a third of that you've done nothing 
That's right. You're you're in a sense allowing in an average encounter to reduce your potential damage output by a third. And just just to discern some things, it's not worth it most of the time. Um, now, I say that if you can convince your DM, and I think it's a reasonable thing to allow you to do this before combat in situations where that's allowed. All of a sudden, this is very handy. If if you are initiating the combat, if you're doing an ambush, or if it's not meant to be a combat, but you're going to make it that way, however however that might line up, I think it's reasonable to say, can I do this before we enter combat? I, I would allow it. Well, and that's something I, I kind of want to touch on, because I kind of had maybe my own solution to that, and that I think you keep, you can use this feature based on your wisdom modifier. Mm-hmm. And instead, just make it almost like a free action, um, mm-hmm. but make it as like a skill check thing. Mm. So similar to like a uh, a perception roll or something like that, whatever ability score you think makes the most amount of sense for them to go. And maybe you don't do uh, a specific ability, tie it to some sort of score and they can roll to see whether they uh, succeed just automatically and, or and maybe you, if you do it that way, maybe you get rid of the wisdom modifier or yeah. or whatever. Um, but as they engage in combat with something, they automatically get a check. So maybe as part of their attack action, they study this thing as they're attacking it and try to pick out any vulnerabilities and stuff. Yeah, or, I mean, uh, it, at the start of their turn, the rogue inquisitive i think it is has an ability like that where they can roll an opposed check as a bonus action right before they fight and they get a benefit if if they succeed i think it's that they can use their sneak attack dice even if even if um the creature isn't in melee combat with an with an enemy but the same thing could be done here where you say oh as a bonus action you can roll a contested check if you succeed you you know what its immunities and all that is i mean there's a lot of options i think that would make this feel better to use Uh, the whole point of this is i think it'd make it feel a little bit better to use but i also don't think this is such a crazy good ability i think it looks a lot better on paper and again i i think that's the way it's supposed to be i think it's supposed to be a good looking ability Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really change a whole lot as far as i'm concerned i I don't think that information changes the way people play all that much a barbarian if it's weak to fire something, probably doesn't have a way to do that. There are certain paths where that could happen, but a barbarian's probably just going to keep beating on it with its battle axe most of the time. A fighter's going to maybe switch it up, and instead of doing some attacks, maybe it switches those out for some grapples, some shoves, um, some combat maneuvers if they're a battle master. Um, so maybe they change up their tactics a little bit if their attacks aren't going to be as good. But for the most part, everyone's going to continue just beating on this thing and be like, well, dang, I'm not as useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Do we want to jump up to the the primary ability of this class? Yes. This is definitely what most everything else is stacked on top of, which is Slayer's Prey. It's similar to how uh, Hexblade Warlocks can curse a target and they get bonuses against that target you pick a foe and you do more damage against it so uh, it starts out like a weaker colossal slayer that has a limit to its use you pick a foe you can do it 
once per, per short or long rest, something like that. I don't actually know if it has a limit. It's just a bonus action. I don't see a limit anywhere. So as a bonus action... Um, on uh, on Slayer's Prey? Yeah. You can use it once You can use it uh, once per short rest. Yeah. So, so that's what I thought reading this as well. I think we are wrong on that. It says this benefit lasts until you finish a short or long rest. It ends early if you designate a different creature. To me, that reads... It lasts on that creature until you rest. Hmm. That's that's yeah. oddly worded, but it does not say that you can only use it until you finish a short or long rest. There's there's no designation on limit. So it is just tied to a bonus action, which does make it more in line with Colossal Slayer. Colossal Slayer yeah. is just automatic. It's a D8. Sure. This is a D6. So it is still mm-hmm. a lesser version of Colossal Slayer starting out. You only yeah. get on one target. You have to use a bonus action to move it. It's basically like a lesser Colossal Slayer. You don't get Colossal Slayer in this path, so you can't stack those. However, yeah. um, its later abilities tie into this in multiple ways. Yeah, let's look at the 7th level, because that's just the easy step right on into that. 7th uh, level, um, your target of your Slayer's Prey, anytime that... Uh, it does anything that requires a saving throw on your end or a grapple check, you have an advantage against it. So you, I mean, most of the time when you're making a saving throw against an enemy combatant, it's uh, um, some sort of magic effect or something like that. So effectively, this is making you, this is where you really start to feel that that monster slayer, that magic slayer kind of kicking in. Right. And the fact that during the course of battle, you can kind of figure out what may be the bigger threat. It's worth a bonus action to flip this over to that other thing. So then if they're going to cast hold person or maybe they've got a poison attack that they're biting people with, um, now you are more prepared to deal with that because you now have an extra D6 on that saving throw. Um, Maybe it's a giant constrictor snake uh, and it's got you tangled up got bonus to get out of there it's a solid ability and and again it's just a bonus action to use you can flip it around as much as you like as we've been talking about this i like this more and more as just a monster hunter um Mm -hmm. i think i got myself riled up on this next ability magic user's nemesis and i feel like i allowed that to distort my perception of how this really came across sure it's one of those classes that i don't know it, there's a there's a lot to unpack with it surprisingly and uh like like we said even just reading this text some of it's technical in some ways so you'll you'll probably find some interesting combinations or find some interesting ways that things can work as we move along we've got two abilities left uh magic users nemesis this is these last two are very interesting um magic users nemesis is basically a once per short rest counter spell. Am I? Yep. I mean, is there any? There's not that, really a heavy difference. That's basically what it is. In counter spell, you're rolling against their spell level essentially to try to stop it, unless you cast counter spell at a high enough level where it's automatic. This is different. They have to make a wisdom save against your spell save DC, and if they fail, so does the spell. But it, it's a, a very good ability. Um, it, like you said, it's it's essentially a free counter spell per short rest. And it's also what's also cool about it is 
you know, the supernatural defense, Slayer's Prey, it all, those have have to do with your interaction with this creature. This is, the creature isn't even, doesn't even have to be targeting you for you to throw up this counter spell, which I think is a really, is a really nice uh, thing that's going to make this very viable consistently. And, and I mean, I just think it's a great ability and one that I don't think any other class has anything quite like it. So that's a plus for me as well. The final one, and this is where I think I tied this too far in. I was thinking too much on the magic side and why I I initially said I didn't feel like this was much of a monster slayer. Um, This one is also super cool. Slayer's counter at 15th level. uh, You gain to the ability to counterattack your prey that tries to sabotage you. So again, this ties into Slayer's prey. They're level three. But when your target of that does something that forces you to make a saving throw, not casting a spell at you, which is what I was thinking of when I I read saving throw because so many of them are spells, but many of them are not. Many of them are just monster abilities, uh, and I think I I jumped to some conclusions there. But when your Slayer's Prey forces you to make a saving throw, you can use your reaction to make an attack against them. If that attack hits, because you make it before you do the saving throw, that attack hits you automatically save against whatever it is you are supposed to save against there's no limit how many times you can use that besides you have one reaction per round uh, and it has to be your slayer's prey but that is a very good ability the fact that you can just get free saves so long as you're hitting that's huge the other thing that i find interesting against this is it does not specify melee range or anything like that no it no. says a weapon attack, not a melee weapon attack, not within a certain distance. So if you want to be maybe the the stereotypical ranger with their, their bow, this is one of the few ways that you get kind of reaction ranged attacks. But it's yes. also a ranged free save. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me that this isn't more popular just because of these last two abilities. Yeah, that free save is a, such a big deal. I mean, I know that like rogues and things get some some high benefits to their saves um, pretty early on, but just the idea. I mean, you're going to be hitting almost every time at fifteenth level, almost every time. I don't have my book out in front of me, but you're going to have a you're going to have a proficiency bonus that's off the charts. You're going to have. I mean, as a ranger, you're going to have a dexterity or a strength modifier that's off the charts. This is almost a guaranteed save. I would take an attack roll over a saving throw almost every time, especially if it's like an intelligence saving throw, which are so rare and is a dump stat for most people, or maybe a charisma save. You're a wisdom-based caster, so if you're going to have a a secondary or tertiary stat, it's probably not charisma. Charisma is pretty normal. I mean, there's a lot of great situations where your save is probably pretty junk, and you can yeah. replace that with an attack roll? Sign me up. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, in a good way, it's ridiculous. Your your proficiency bonus at level 15 is going to be plus 5. That So you're probably going to be at at least a plus 8 as a ranger for your attack. If uh, You're going to have a magical weapon, so you're going to be at plus 10 plus, arguably. So... You know, the average the average is going to be probably at 15th level AC of 16 to 18, somewhere in there. So you're going to be hitting over half the time consistently, and more than that, probably 75% of the time. And now maybe you've got Bless from 
some well, I think that takes a bonus action to use your bless, so that wouldn't necessarily apply. Anyway, it, the the point is, it's a super powerful free save in many situations. Um, yeah, I, I, super cool. And so I, I again, I want to roll back and say I I jumped every time I read saving throw. I read spellcaster. This is fantastic. Plus, you get some cool anti magic elements thrown in there. I am surprised mm-hmm. this isn't more popular. It, it, it's solid all the way around, and I think, I think the downside to this class is that the interesting tidbits for what you are don't really come from any of the flavor text in this class. You really have to make that, and, and this is really most characters, but you really need to play into your background. If you're not doing a mo- lot of monster slaying, this is going to feel incredibly out of place well and just as a quick note just because i'm i'm still processing and i completely agree with you but level 20 i mean we we just talked about the subclass abilities of course rangers don't have a subclass ability at level 20 but the sub level 20 ability is getting to add your wisdom modifier to attack rolls so you're adding another plus three at level 20 to all of those all those attacks for this slayer's counter so it just gets more ridiculous and of course you Um, still have your favorite enemy that you get from ranger you still get all of your normal good stuff um Mm -hmm. they get an extra attack like this is a really solid and it's got great flavor like like there's the the monster hunter is something that that i think is a cool thing that we don't see enough of in in 5e that type of build character build and 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 honestly you know there's been there's been times where i've wished for an inquisitor class or something like that and i think the more i look at this the more i say i think this can work for a lot of that yeah only i i want to leave off with a couple things we've talked about the class we've talked about that if you're looking for an excuse to try this maybe something more unique I know at one point when Monster Hunter World came out, someone put together a really fun list of 5e, of, of monsters from Monster Hunter World for 5e. Try uh, throwing those, some of those in. Maybe maybe grab a, a Monster Slayer. We've done we've fought a few of them uh, just for fun uh, with some friends. They they borrowed some mechanics in kind of an interesting way from the game and implement them. Something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be those monsters other than it's a, a fun tie-in. But maybe play a, a, a more heavy combat session. Give it a run. See what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Make make your uh, dirty bone necklaces. I know one person at one point came up with like a crafting system uh, for 5e as well if you're going that monster hunter route. So if you do want a more combat heavy game, you can build and craft your own equipment with it and really feel like a monster slayer. And I think that could be an interesting type of game. Maybe D&D isn't the best system to do that in, but I think it'd work just fine. I think it'd be quite a bit of fun if uh, combat is more your jam in your games. Yeah, I agree. I I think... I think especially as like a one shot or a, or a quick adventure, quick campaign, you know, four to five sessions, the idea of playing a monster hunter game is is interesting. And for some people, I think that it's going to be just exactly what they want their D&D games to be, just interesting encounters, fighting interesting creatures consistently. And I think you're going to have a t- if that's you, if that's your campaign, I think you're going to have a ton of fun with this monster slayer class. And also, I I'd say like 
anything that has a high level of magical interactions. And by that, I guess I'm thinking like, I guess like Curse of Strahd or things like that, where you're not just going to be fighting a lot of orcs and goblins and giants. Um, I think that this this class will play well in those settings as well. I think for me, that kind of wraps it up. Um, As always, uh, if you guys feel like we're off the mark, you've used this before, maybe you you have your own stories to tell, whatever it is, feel free to reach out to us at A Bite of D&D on Facebook and Twitter. Also, speaking of Twitter, uh, I need to make a post at some point here very shortly, but we have hit 100 followers, and for that tiny goal, I will be painting a tiny prize. I have a package of familiar minis uh, that I will paint up and send to one of our followers. Uh, Ooh, awesome. As, as kind of a, a thank you. If we hit 250, we'll bump that up from tiny to small, 500, <laughs> medium. I think we're already getting ahead of ourselves, but you get the idea. As we hit bigger and bigger milestones, I will I will paint a mini that matches that level of accomplishment and uh, send it out to people. I have been doing a lot more painting here lately. If you're interested in seeing my adventures in that, I am not particularly skilled if you go on twitter you'll find a million people who are more talented than (laughs) i but uh, i have been sharing what i have been working on on facebook and twitter so that that's another thing you can see there but if you find us on there uh, we'll be doing a giveaway for some tiny little familiar minis for our tiny little accomplishment and while we're talking about giveaways uh i'll note that we are going to be at origins um in another month and if you see us there uh we've got some brand new shirts that i will uh, i'll have several of and if you see us there say hello um i will i'll hook you up with one that's right uh we were planning on gen con being our next convention and we both want to not be here i think right now so we made a very last minute decision uh that we're gonna go run some games at origins so oh yeah keep an eye out for us if you're there be happy to talk to you yeah, I think that's all I've got. I think that's it. Um, oh, take it one easy. last thing. With permission from Zach, I feel like whoever wins our miniatures, we can send them Zach's first adventure that he wrote as well. Oh, uh, heck yeah. A, a copy of that so that you can run it for your games. Yeah, and I'll also plug, because I don't think we've done it on here. Maybe we have. I don't I don't. I can't remember. But we're just going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you. Dumpstat their website uh, where you can go on and read a whole bunch of different articles um, written by some cool guys. I'll, I'll promote that I have an article up there. I have another one coming up in the next few weeks, but I find their articles to be very interesting in general. I really enjoy their podcast. It's quickly became one of the, my top listens. Um, it comes out every other week. It's a lot like this one in, in the length and I really think that there are some entertaining guys with um, some really good insight. So I would definitely recommend their website and their podcast uh, for those of you who listen. 100%. All right, guys. I think that's it for me. We'll talk to you next week. See you.